Hello, Wildman. Welcome to the season two, episode two of the Populist Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sub Zero, apparently in this in this season. Yeah, <laughs> I'm joined by Keith Fifty Two, our host. The other co-host. We're co-hosts, which means we co-host. Yeah, but this is your thing. This isn't mine. It, it was your brainchild. I take, I take no responsibility for the memes and things that you were adding in. Forced. You know, <laughs> listen, they're great, and you're going to love them when they're done. So. I believe you. I believe you. Yeah. Believe but we've you. got a good episode today. We've got, a, we've got the history of Populous, and it's going to be quite a doozy because we've got a lot of ground to cover. This game is over 20 years old now, and... There was a time back in the day where Populous Reincarnated was not a thing. And uh, we ended up having somebody return from the EA Times. His name is Myth, but he went and is known better as The King DBM. And uh, we're going to have him on the show today to discuss a little bit about his time back in the day. Uh, Back then, things were a lot different. Preachers were on. They played with Hypno. They played with Swamp. I don't want to get into it too much because Myth's going to tell us a couple stories, but... It was a wild time back then, definitely different than now, and um, it's just going to be interesting to hear his perspective of how things were compared to how we played when we mm. came back in 2007, Craig, and then even now to 2020. So yeah, I'm going to be excited to see uh, see how it compares to the, today's standards of uh, restrictions and maps and, and whatnot, because things were much for limited sure. then. Things were much limited back then, map-wise, for sure, but I feel like People explore the game more restriction-wise, spell-wise, and building-wise. And team-wise. Team-wise, too. Sure. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. So let's get inside. We'll say hello to Myth. And um, the Populous Podcast Season 2, Episode 2, begins now. Populous Podcast. Pop a on your feet, yeah. With your host, Keith52, and co-host, Sub-Zero. The Populous Podcast, popping up on your feet, yeah. Popping up on your feet, Populous Podcast. You didn't know you needed And we're back. Uh, Craig and I are here joined by Myth, a.k.a. The King DBM. Myth, give us a shout out. Hey, guys. Myth is a player from long, long ago. He's made a return, although he's not made a grand return. He's just uh, he's come back. He surveyed the scene a little bit, played a couple games, shaken off the rust watching some of the new tournament games that have come down the path, as well as uh, the eight-player madness. Joined us in a live stream the other day, yesterday. And, um, well, it won't be yesterday when we air this, will it? So, eh, who cares? Anyway, all that's not important. We are here with Myth now, and he's going to give us a little bit of insight. So, Myth, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, who you are, where you're from, and um, how you first got introduced to Populous. Yeah, so I live on the West Coast in California, a small little town under the redwoods um i got into populous the first game actually back on the amiga and really liked the game so then i kind of decided to get into this one i found a copy of it at the mall and me and my friend at the time like you know we had like lunch money we were really young 
and pulled it together to buy it. And we didn't even know it was getting released. We just saw it on a shelf. We're like, oh, we like this game. And uh, at the time, I didn't even have a computer to play it on. So we had to play it at his house. We kind of like traded off and beat the campaign. And then we're like, what the hell? Let's try this multiplayer thing. And uh, of course, got stomped first couple of games. Uh, but meeting some good players uh, along the way that kind of took us under our wing. So how old were you when you first uh, started playing Poppers? Beginning? I want to say 13 or 12, somewhere in there. Yeah, I was 12 when I started, too. Was 12. And this was release date time, 1998? Yeah. So, like, I didn't jump in right on release, right? Like, we... Yeah. We yeah I didn't know about the multiplayer for a while, either. For, like, a month or two, maybe three into the multiplayer before. Like, everyone was kind of ahead of us. Yeah, like, we're already uh, discussing groundbreaking things compared to nowadays because back then you could click the multiplayer button within the game and it would take you to multiplayer which hasn't been a thing since i suppose the aa servers were taken down it's true yeah and the whole like uh java app and all that was kind of ahead of its time yeah uh there was some definite problems with java but uh it definitely was something uh interesting i mean populous uh it, it got released in 1998 for those who don't know um Pretty pretty solid reception, but um, not like cr- critics thought it was great. I uh, thought it was pretty groundbreaking on certain things, but it got released with Half Life, so um, Populous kind of got its own Half Life because of it. Uh, Populous did not get the reception it deserved. Um, there was not as many people that uh, played the game that could have played the game if it had been released at a different time. I think it got released around November of 1998. I remember seeing that thing right behind Craig right there, that uh, that populous uh, CD-ROM disc there. And um, I, I got involved, and I played single-player for, I think, at least two to three years before I realized there was even online. I was playing Dungeon Keeper 2 uh, instead of um, Populous Online, but I came in around 2002. So 2002, that's four years after the game had been released, and things had changed drastically by then, but... Uh, Myth, we kind of want to know what multiplayer was like in the early days. I mean, the EA matchmaker, what it was like, the community. Um, was it just as toxic back then as it is now, or was it still... I feel like there was more mature people that were playing the game back in EA times that kept the lobby like respectful enough. Like People were obviously like dickheads and stuff, but like I don't know. I would say that I would say that things were a little bit different back then. There was there was a more mature ladder of like elders, you know. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. It was toxic, but yeah, not nearly as much. You you had a couple outliers, right? A couple guys that were just really bad, but for the most part, people wanted to grow the community. So there was a lot of training going on, like oh, get in my hut and I'll teach you how to play or that kind of stuff. Multiplayer was all over the place. Uh, we didn't really have a meta like we have today. You know, you have like Fog of War on one game or like... Oh, you guys did have Fog of War? Oh, yeah. Fog of War a lot. That was really common. Uh, Forge World would get turned on quite a bit. Yep. Uh, spells would be all over the place. Most spells were played. Um, they didn't start turning off spells until a couple years later. Really? So what were the first spells that got took? That took a hit. Angel of Death was very contentious. Um, some people would play with it, some people wouldn't. So I think that was one of the first to go. Swamp. Magical Shield, Swamp, yeah. Magical Shield. 
Um, and then from there, and like interestingly enough, Earthquake wasn't really used all that often. Really? I think people kind of underrated it. Yeah. So that kind of got the whole Earthquake early rush got kind of invented kind of late into the game. I think oh, a lot like of people just and we're just trash at lightning each other and stuff like that. <laughs> but I feel like the Earthquake uh, meta game clear comes from having certain restrictions off. So there is no magical shield and there's certain yeah. um, things are taken off. Earthquake obviously becomes much more powerful and it's going to be the go-to as it is. The- sure. Yeah. And there's a lot of swamp spamming. Like a lot of it. That was on for a while. Yeah, I think that's probably why spell. I got it is. It is. It needs to be nerfed in order to be able to be viable in multiplayer nowadays. It's just too powerful. I do miss Fog of War, though. I will say that that I, I think you can do some interesting strategies with it. You can hide warriors and huts or preachers or whatever, and do. Yeah. Did you see the uh, beta update with Fog of War that they had? No. Yeah. So it's 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 uh, what's the word, Craig? Renewable, renewable Fog of War, much like how it operates in other RTS games. So you discover the land. You'd have like pitch black. You can't see anything at all. You can't even see spells that go off there. When you discover it, you can see everything. But when you leave that area, it becomes like normal fog. So you still you still can't see what's happening, but you have discovered the land. Yeah, I think that dictator map we played yesterday would have been really interesting with fog of war. Oh, it'd be a nightmare. <laughs> but it would have been, it could it would have been interesting for sure. Um, especially the- because if Craig was casting flattens, we'd have no idea where he was casting them and. Next thing you know, well, you would, you would you would still get a notification of the area. You wouldn't know what it was casting, so you could sort of decipher that I was doing flattens across there. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. So, I mean, in the early days, the EA matchmaker, um, it was it was way different than the popular reincarnated matchmaker. Like you had to log in online to popre.net. Nope, that's not even that's populous.ea.net or pop.net. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. But, well. You know what we've got? Uh, one of our friends, Tidy, gave us all these images here that you're about to see. So um, basically, this is what the EA matchmaker looked like. We had we had nine lobbies, but nobody was ever in. Usually, all of the lobbies they were in the one lobby. It was it was it used to be the nine lobby, right? The Wildman lobby. Everybody would just go right there. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was like the standard place to go because all the newbies were there. So everybody just congregated there because it made no sense. I don't know what EA was thinking having like. You know, eight the shaman players go to go to lobby eight and blah blah blah. Like you know, split up the community right at the very start of the game. Great, great idea. Um, but people kind of figured out really quickly it was either lobby nine or lobby one, and lobby one was usually always uh, the go-to when lobby nine was broken. All right. So yeah, just to sorry, it's just basically what you're saying there is only shamans could enter shaman enter the shaman one. Only priorities and above could enter the fire warrior one. So people were sort of segregated based on skill if they if they were. Go in certain areas. I think so. I I don't know. I feel like the I, correct me if I'm wrong, Myth, but I believe like the Shaman lobby was still accessible for Wildman. Like I think they could still go in. I feel like yeah, you could go in any of them. It was just yeah. like an arbitrary thing. Like I don't oh, know. It was okay. an interesting design. And 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 you know there was there was huts like like in this one, but instead of like you know twenty huts with like the ability to choose two, three player, four player, there was one two player hut where you could play a one v one versus somebody on Eye of the Storm, which was the big one back in the day, right? Um, but there was two three player huts, and then two four player huts, and they had like these little clouds of smoke coming off if you like entered the hut like and people were in there. Um, 
There was also the ability for people to block the huts, which led to days where yeah. people couldn't play populace because people were dickheads. But, yeah, but I was just going to say that that happened occasionally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wargle was a big guy, wasn't he? He was he was the big culprit of that. Yeah. Uh, so, so. I, there was also a lot more um, 3v1s, 2v1s that went on. Like, people knew what their skill level were, were, and they would, you know, there was a lot more new players. So in order to try to right. make it fair, there was a lot of that going on. I can imagine that now, even 2v1. Each skill level is difficult. It's with the restrictions that are played these days, you're sort of uh, pigeonholed into one one strategy. Yeah, I remember yeah, uh, Zados was big on it. He liked the challenge, so he would challenge people to do it, and he lose pretty graciously, but he would win a couple too. Um, yeah, that that was the, the most renowned guy at the time when I was playing in '98. So, was there a rating system back then? Uh, yes just amongst the community, right? Like you just knew, kind of like how it is now. Like people just talk. Yeah, I, I feel like the the this this matchmaker that they have with the rating system now is so much more competitive and nice than EA's. Like EA's was, you'd get two points if you won a two v two, and you'd get the two points, and then you just gain points. Then the people that had the most points were good. Right, but that wasn't usually how it was. Like Toronto back in EA was infamous for being one of the top players, but literally just new bashing and then playing two on two and abusing the convert on two on two to pray to the AOD head and like camp there and win every game. So well, so. yeah, and you get more points too, right? So you the more people that are allied or uh, are against you, the more points you get. So if you do a three v one, you're gonna get three points. Yes, that 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 was why a lot of people like to do that. And there, right now in this in this day and age, there's no there's no um, benefit to trying to do a three v one. Like you don't get extra points or skill if you win. Like it's just kind of bragging rights. Which that could be something that would be interesting to maybe try and hype up the community. So and make it so that more professional players would want to play newbies because there's an incentive instead of just being yeah. like, yeah. So what was the uh, what was the lobby atmosphere like back in the day? Like what, like what, you know, you said it was like a, I feel like it was a family for me. Like that's one of the reasons I've stayed around Populous this whole time. Like at this point, it's a dysfunctional freaking family. Like it's a dysfunctional, but, but we all know each other. We all, you know, you, you came back and you were asking about certain people because you had formed a bond with them. So tell us about that. Yeah, I think for you, maybe like you're kind of in it already, but I have like more of an objective view looking out. And I think the community is actually in a, pretty good place right now um but back then it was pretty great too but you then you had your lord malls you know that would just obscenely swear in the lobby all day long and call people names for no reason no mods uh, to take care of it either yeah and so that would happen and you know when you're like 12 or 13 you're like oh my gosh what's this guy saying like <laughs> yeah that's true so the way you're saying there was no moderators back in the day, there was no EA moderators or any other stuff. I feel like they come in like randomly, right, Myth? Like, like if it got really bad, someone would come in, right? I don't remember any. Maybe like the first couple months, but EA kind of did a hands-off approach after that. I mean, even the servers would crash and go down, and you'd be like, "Are they ever going to come back up?" I don't know. Right. Yep. And then they'd come back up like a couple of days later, or sometimes even a week. How how many active players would you say there were at the time? Uh, well, I came in three months 
three or four months later. So even then there was, I don't know, 70, 50 to 70, something like that on a weekend, you know? So the fact that like, the fact that we're there right now, correctly, like if you look in the lobby right now, we've got 44 people. Earlier today when the tournament was happening, there was like 55 people in the lobby and there was like 30 people watching that stream. So, I mean, Myth might be right. The community could be in a really good place right now. I, I, I don't objectively think of it like that, but you know, I'm looking at the lobby right now and I just see so many warriors and preachers and braves and spies and stuff. I think, we, I think we're on a, on a path towards a, a, better, uh, a better era here for sure. I will say this though, Populous back then had a more even distribution of players throughout the day. So like I could get a game at like 8 p.m. my time, whereas here it's just dead in the lobby. Yeah. There was definitely more US players. There was more yep. Japanese players. Like I remember we yep. played a lot with the Japanese players late at night. Oh yeah. Yeah, late with late us. night. Yep. Play with NG Kayan and Suyoshi, or who else were there? Was there anybody yeah. else? Yeah. My memory kind of fails me that far back. Like, I know we played some people, but I don't remember exactly who, you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember playing Smart and Wishmaster a lot, and they were kind of my nemesis. I could, <laughs> I kind of secretly hated them for stupid reasons. Uh, they would just gang up on me because I was one of the only people on that late. <laughs> so they'd stick me with noobs, and, and I'd be like, well, I can either play this game or not play, and being addicted to Populous, of course, I'd play it, <laughs> yeah. you know? So you were, um, Keith is always sort of, uh, I know originally when I, when I played in 2004-2005, Keith used to sort of uh, idolize uh, the, the myth slash king DPM. So were you were you one of the top players when you were playing in, uh, well, actively, I should say? I think... Not at any given, like maybe at, at a couple points, sure, for maybe a year or half a year or so here or there. Um, you know, you stop playing and someone else comes in and they have more play time and more experience. It's it's hard to compete with that. Yeah. I think at probably one point in time, like almost all of our good players have probably been top at some point, right? Yeah, for sure. There was a period where I was top from about 2004 until about 2006, and I stayed on top. Uh, so, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later, because um, I want to talk about Sub-Zero uh, coming onto the scene, because Sub actually it was one of the best players, um, and you know I want to talk about like the progression of all that. But um, when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. We're going to take a quick uh, break, and when we come back, we'll uh, discuss a little bit about EA players versus new players. I want to get Myth's opinion on the difference in skill and the gaps and uh, the difference between the players. So uh, stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Populous Podcast, or the Populous Popcast. Could have been the Populous Popcast, but I screwed up on that one. Sorry. Um, who, who suggested that, Craig? Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. we Still Populous Podcast, but Popcast is uh, good. Too. I prefer Populous Podcast. Popcast is just too, too quick. Populous Podcast, you can do more with it. That's right. Yeah. Well, anyway, season two, episode two, we're joined here by Myth. Uh, Myth is also known as the King DBM. He was a massive player back in the day. Uh, he was one of the top players, and uh, he's here to give us a little bit of history on his rise uh, through Populous and, uh, you know, what what really kind of drew him in and kept him in. 
Um, and so getting onto that, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about EA players versus the new players. Now. You've kind of seen the new players now. You've seen um, how they play. Um, would you say that there's certain things that older players like knew that people here still don't know? Like, cause you know, you have, you have mana, like that was your big thing myth. Like you were known for mana. Um, like, you know, on PP, I remember one game we were seven minutes in and you literally had an earthquake, two tornadoes and a firestorm already. And you firestormed the middle, just like, whatever. We'll just do it. Like, like I had like I had, I had like ten fire warriors up there, and you just firestormed them, and I was just like, and I lost. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no. Uh, what's what do you think the uh, the difference between the players are nowadays? I think there were some kept secrets. I know I had some that like dismantle. Like I've been dismantling forever. Like I'll be honest yeah. with you. Like I think there's stuff like that. There was waypointing. There was things that people weren't using that you know you didn't want to give away right right um i think ea players are really good i think today there's this like misconception that like all the players today are better and i don't 100 percent agree with that i think they know more tricks but i think yeah. ea players were really good i agree they had a lot more strategy they had a lot more um out of the box thinking in terms of attacking um you know when to attack and whatnot i mean and of course, the restrictions, which we'll talk about, you know, um, the changes. Well, I, think, I think you're forced to be more creative, right? Because you had more access to spells. You, you kind of like today, there's just a meta of just, you know, earthquake stuff down, micromanage your wood, your huts, mm-hmm. you know, your yep. troops. But back then, like you had Angel of Death. You're like, all right, well, I'm gonna, how am I going to counter this or swamp or whatever, you know? Yeah, uh, most people weren't getting to 199 back in the day, were they? That wasn't like the focal point at all of games. No, no. In fact, even land bridge as a tool for base building didn't come into play till late. Like it was, I don't know. No That's one really crazy. did. It. Yeah, they did it like did they use land bridge as like an offensive spell to like break huts and stuff? Uh, not really. No, like it, even to repair your own base, it wasn't really used. Um, that wow. kind of came in later, yeah. Oh, I have a question then, big one. Was Erode ever used even in EA times? <laughs> Not really. Um, I actually I was telling Keith, I, I trolled at one point and made an account called Erode, and that's all I used to beat people. <laughs> and I would just slowly sink their base into oblivion <laughs> as I played. Because uh, back then, like Keith was saying, I had a good control on mana, so I could get away with it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, a big difference with the, with the mana you're saying there. Is I remember when I was playing, if you knew how to dismantle and upgrade your huts, things things were were kept secrets. Then it looked like you had a ton of mana and you were doing something secret. It's secret, which you kind of were, but you weren't doing anything special. It was just people didn't know how to do it. Yeah, which I think nowadays everyone knows the tricks, like you say. So less, uh, I guess, differences between the the top players and then the you know the the better players. You can't reach the same levels of. And it comes down to micromanagement and skill with the shame and stuff now. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I still use the road today, though. I think it's a situational spell, but it's good. Like, if you use it right, use it on peaks. Like, you really want to take someone's defenses away. Maybe it's a map where they only have a couple hills. I think we should end it, end this podcast now. I think he's lost all credibility. We should just <laughs> we should end it now. Well, 
you know, you know what though, Craig? You and you and uh, you and Genesis came up with the whole earthquake erode strategy, like, or maybe that was just Genesis, but no, like, but yeah, but it was just it was a gimmick. It, but it worked. It destroyed yeah. my whole base. It yeah, but many if, if you can get in someone's base with two earthquakes and two erodes, you, you're already ahead of the game. I mean, you've you know you've got so much money. You actually, if you've got so much money, you're charging erode. You're already won. I mean, yeah, but I mean. Uh, the thing is, if you're doing a base trade with somebody and they have two firestorms and two earthquakes and not two erodes, but you have the two earthquakes and two erodes and no firestorms, you could come out on top on that trade still because if you do it right, literally you can kill like 12 huts. Oh, well, utilize your troops too. If you get their hills down and now their towers are vulnerable, a bunch of warriors and stuff like that, you know, you don't need to waste the earthquake on that. I suppose it depends on the map. Yeah, I'm not saying use a road all the time. I'm just saying there's situational uses for it. So, I mean, the, here here's the thing, right? Like, so the, the the best player in EA, Zaptos, right? You said that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've seen Nisi play. You've seen his stream. Um, now the thing is, Nisi has literally like Nisi has literally only played the same restrictions for as long as he's been in the community. He's never really been open to preachers. He's never really had to play with preachers. He's never had to play with Hypno. Um, I doubt that exposing him to those would make him suddenly be less better at the game, because everybody would be. But um, what do you think about Nisi's... Because he is the top player. He is the best player of the game as of right now. Um, He's got thousands of hours invested in the game he knows every building pattern for every uh main level he knows uh very well the shaman tricks he's pretty much the best dismantler um so he's always higher at pop than people um what do you think about nisi's gameplay if you've watched it or you've you've allied him to uh versus zatos or other people from ea times um zatos his biggest thing he was really fast it was really, really quick, really strong with a shaman. Um, probably comparable to Nisi in terms of that. So I do think if Zados was playing today, obviously he wouldn't beat him, but I think given right. enough time, like I think he'd be really competitive. Um, yeah. Nisi's also really, really quick. I've watched his stream, and I think good players are adaptable, right? They're smart. They can adapt to change. They can figure out on the fly what they're doing wrong or right and i think that's one of nisi's strengths like i think he'd be fine with preachers on or whatever he would figure it yeah. out you know it does add a whole new level when you add in those kind of stuff though really it does it's just it's insane um and you know we'll talk about that a little bit um going forward here but um we'll be right back uh we've got to take another break but don't touch that dial it's a populous podcast be right back populous podcast all right, hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Populous Podcast Season 2, Episode 2. I'm joined again with Keith and Myth, and we're going to pick up now from the death of Populous of EA. You scared me for a second. I was like... <laughs> going to die one day. Has to. It, Everything comes to it, an end. Yet, it's true. It's true. Everything comes to an end. Nice morbid response, but very accurately described for sure. Um, but yeah, myth. Uh, you know, EA had a really big boom. It was like a renaissance period of growth for players. Um, a lot of new people coming in, but as you said, 
The servers would close down sometimes for like three, four days. People would be like, are they ever coming back? Um, at one point, I think in 2001, um, EA shut down the populous site for good. Um, but CD player managed to make a launcher and that kind of changed everything. But um, you remember that time. I uh, just wanted you to give us a little bit more history of that. Yeah, so that happened. It was a huge blow. I mean, at first, too, a lot of us, we didn't know. Like, there wasn't, it wasn't like EA was communicating with us. It's just like the servers are down forever, I guess. Like, you know, and a lot of us went to GameSpy. Um, yep. And not, I mean, a lot is kind of a uh, <laughs> an incorrect word, really, because it was <laughs> a handful of us. Um, I tried GameSpy. That shit was awful. It was awful. Really bad. Um, and like, maybe there was like five to seven people on their peak, but you could be waiting hours to get a game. You'd hope someone would log in. And I think a lot of us thought this was it. Like this is the end of populace, yeah. you know? And I remember finding Gabber on there and, uh, I guess he got in contact with CD and they figured out how to make a launcher, but that took a while. Like for a while we were just on GameSpy. It was Gabber, huh? Yeah. I, I think so. He put some stuff together. Yeah. Give him some credit. Um, <laughs> no, I give him credit too. We we love we love we love. Uh... It's been like the uh, I don't know, like the what's the like the pinata of the of the of the channel yeah. for like a long time, and it was always just in jest. And then he started taking it seriously, so we started take our jesting a bit more seriously. Strings and put the community together. So I'm going to give him credit for that. Um, Absolutely. I don't know if we would have this today if it wasn't partially for him. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. Him and a CD player especially. CD player's site was my go-to site that I'd always go for new news. Like, CD player was always updating, telling us what was going on. Um, I remember when he posted about the Populous uh, launcher that, that they had made and how it connected directly to EA's server. Because EA shut down the site, but they didn't shut down the server. So... We were still able to access the EA server through the launcher, and the launcher was constructed to allow us to play Populous just like we did, except through the connection of EA. Uh, keep in mind back then, like we didn't have Discord or Facebook. Like we, like I, we didn't have any way to contact all these people to bring them back. I so, know. I bet you they would have came too. They would have. We had like ICQ and like AIM. Like I don't know if oh, you guys. Yes, yes I use those. <laughs> Yeah, Craig destroyed my first relationship on AIM. But we've been there. Come on, push past it. Uh, I can't. <laughs> I mean, I'm married to the woman of my dreams now, but, you know, I like this other girl, and you really ruined my chances. He messaged my dad, Myth. He messaged my dad on AIM and made, like, this kissy face, and he thought it was the girl that I was talking to. So he's at the bowling alley telling the story about how this girl was flirting with him, but it was Craig <laughs> being dumb. <laughs> and the girl's mom was there, and she literally, like, told the girl and the girl goes i never want to talk to you again that's not what happened and i didn't speak to you or your dad and i'm like i am better off i am <laughs> anyway so yeah we didn't have any of that stuff we had aim and we had icq or is it was it icq icq yeah i uh i i did play on the year what's the the, the death of it i remember I remember being able to change my grade via the URL. I, I was like a wildman. I would change myself to a fire warrior to, to fit in. Yeah. That was a big deal, man. That was another one of those kept secrets that uh, it was really funny because it was just hiding all of our history. Like any of us could have figured it out. 
I don't remember the first person to do it, but I remember getting messaged like, Hey, like keep this a secret. I don't know if you know about this, but you can change your name and your, you know, your, your level. Yep. Ah, uh, it's just, all right. So it was that simple. There was a lot of trolling going on with that. Yeah. I, I was a shit bag and I remember playing as other people's names. I remember having to like get into their head and like talk like them and have like really steal their identity. It was bad. <laughs> but you were a child, so it's fine. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. We got people we got people now in their late twenties doing immature stuff. So I mean, I think we'll what be all right. 30s? Yeah. Are you talking about me? Are you talking about me? No, I'm saying some people don't grow up. That's what I'm saying. Some people don't. They never they never grow up. I'm wearing a nice bun up polo. So are you. We've grown up. <laughs> anyway, um off point now. So, so myth, the thing is, um, and one of the things that I've always been disappointed about is like, you are always like, so good, but eventually every player gets this feeling where they're just like, you know what? Fuck this game. And, um, that might be blurped out in the, uh, in the actual episode. Cause I'll make it a shaman right. sound. Okay. Oh, I like that. <laughs> the, like the, whoop. Yeah, kind of thing. All right. All right, oh, I don't like think of that one. I'm definitely well, doing that one. It's just going to be full of whoops. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, um, everybody gets that feeling at at some point in their populist career. I mean, I had it too. Um, I had it because Craig and Genesis were the best, and I just thought to myself, I, I can't, I can't beat them, and I hate this, and I hate losing, and my ego and my pride was my reason for quitting. But I came back like a a, a year later, like. But yeah, they were winning nonstop, and that's what made me leave. But what made you leave? Were you on top, and there was no competition? I don't really know. I think a lot of it was just like I like to play other games, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like I'm getting kind of bored of this. Um, so, and and I, I remember a couple times I did come back. I've, I mean, I've came back multiple times. You have. Yeah, this um, is your longest stint though so far. This is your longest stint. No, I remember playing with Myth in 2005-ish, maybe, for a couple yeah. of months. I think I came back in, like, 2007 briefly, too. But I remember we're coming back and Convert was off, and I'm like, fuck this shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, God, that yes. Was yeah, that was a, that that was was a period. Era. That was the entirety of my first three, two, three years, maybe, on the on Populous Reincarnated. There was no Convert. Even on Pressure Point on some on some no, occasions. No. It was insane. It only stayed for a very small period of time. Like uh, Face off, face off. I mean, what was it like in EA times when, in terms of doubling, backdooring, side-dooring? Because for the first few years of Pop This Ring and Edit, backdooring and side-dooring were like, people didn't like it unless you, you know, agreed to it. And doubling was simply no. As soon as you attacked the other enemy of your team, that you weren't directly opposite, they would just quit. Just, you weren't allowed to attack with two shavings. I remember that actually. I played during that. I think that was part of the Covert era, and I hated it. I'm like, this is yeah. a team game, guys. It is. You to figure out how to make it work. Um, backdooring's always been a little contentious. I feel like sidedooring's always been kind of fine, but I rem- there's always used to be debates about backdooring, depending on the map, obviously. Like craters, like you can't really complain about it. Right. I did get- that's it's a reason I can understand some people's not wanting to do it because maps like two on two have become so it's just back red red and yellow just backed all they ignore the objective of the map now they just backed all immediately so people don't even play at that level anymore because it's so no enjoyment out of it. What level is it? Two on two. 
Oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, they did. But during the EA times, that was one of the most popular levels. It wasn't oh, pressure. Um, and did, did you have the rule of no praying back then, too, Myth? No, was praying oh, no. no you, you fought over that head, man. Yeah, that's yeah, the best part of the level, isn't you it? You died for that headstone, like, many times. That level is what caused Craig and I, as the ham team, to lose our first game. Because Abu and Who's a God allied against us. And Abu did this dumbass thing where he, like, he made Craig red. And made me green, and who's a yellow? So it was like one v ones on two on two. That's what he did, and I, I ended up beating. You don't remember it? No. That was our first loss. How do you not remember that? I guess I remember things different. But yeah, who's a god was yellow, and I rushed who's a and killed him. But and I, tr- I tried so hard to get a land bridge so Craig could come over and I could save him. Does sound familiar now. He he ended up dying, and it was uh, just one v one versus me and Abu and. With that, that AOD head, Blue has access to it. He's already Abu's already got massive pop compared to me. So I tried getting the AOD head, and I ended up losing. And um, he got the AOD and just spammed it, and I ended up we ended up losing our first match. But we had won thirty something plus games at that point on every different level. I wasn't as good as I as I, as I got back when when we were the ham team, though. I remember I made That's up true. for that. I made up for that loss uh, when we did that two v two on PP and you. You must die and run to the back of my base, and I had to win two v one against. I helped. Uh... I helped. <laughs> I think it was against Super Tribe and Walhalla, or Super Tribe and Tundar. No, that was Genesis and Black Widow. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. That's right. I don't remember those names. Yeah, I think I played a little bit during that era. Yeah, Genesis was really good. Um, actually, there there's been the rise and fall of players for sure um you know one of the things that we were going to talk about in the next episode was like actually going over each player and discussing like their skills and you know their personalities and whatnot but craig doesn't know that yet but we're we're figuring it out um <laughs> guys, i mean you guys remember um how you could teleport Landbridge if you timed it right and teleport yep, across yep. the map that's probably one of the coolest things on two on two. So fun. You get called a cheater all the time. Yeah, as if the game had resynced or something. Like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. I guess Benefix and Carbine in the lobby right now waiting for the PP game. I'm not doing it. Fascinating. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's just uh I didn't tell you about this though, Craig. No, I did. Never mind. You were, we were, we we talked about it on stream yesterday. Just annoying people dodging games. Now, I believe it. Talking about that though, uh, clans. What were they like back then? And did I, you ever join one? No, not really. Um, I remember TA being around for a while. They uh, they were kind of like the the nice chill clan. I remember liking a lot of the guys in that. Um, I don't really remember much of the clan stuff to be honest i was team adept right I think so yeah i remember servant being in there and i was good friends with him he was a really cool dude were you guys around for servant yeah he he did a lot of stuff for this game um he disappeared but he did contribute a lot i mean servant what he 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 did a launcher i think he did a launcher he was trying to help with populace he made the code of conduct for pop re um, yeah. He, I didn't know for the longest time, but he, I think he was in a wheelchair and he played the played a lot of games with a controller, which I was thought was really impressive. That is impressive. Obvious with the controller being the PlayStation version. That's how I found the game. Right. So, how do you guys feel about the the current meta? 
of how things are played. I'm I'm vocally, I think it's boring. I've been vocally against it for a while. That was fun when I played it 12 years ago, but things haven't changed and it's pretty boring now. I think that's yeah. why there is so much turnover and people just kind of disappear because they get bored of the game because it's just not changing up enough. I think that's possibly a reason. I think the biggest reason initially was the toxicity of the matchmaker. That's it, was always, it was always detrimental towards new players and the map pack rotation. It's stale as well, especially when it new is. players see that they assess from near palace non-stop. We tried to correct that a good three years ago and there was a massive hoo-ha about it, so it didn't occur um, because new yeah. players were simply playing Cess Palace and nothing else and it doesn't really do much for populace itself, does it? Who, no, uh, who made that map? It was made Our by uh, someone, someone in my clan. But these these maps were made, you know, back before those rating systems and stuff. They were just all fun levels. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun map. You know, like the new worlds. No one ex. You imagine if everyone was just playing one Gabba map for the past twelve years. Yeah, I remember Gabba made a ton of maps. Like he just yes, he did pumping them out. Some of them were not so great. Um, I like to I torture mean, Keith that- by getting up to play them every now and then with with our friend Hugo. <laughs> Well, you don't torture me. We just torture Hugo, but that's a different story. Hugo has Hugo used to be addicted to populace, and he uh, lost the bug myth. He lost the bug, and uh, he he gained it back for a little bit. But then we played a six hour free for all, and he's like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, we we have fun playing those games. But uh, everybody gets that 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 bug, but then eventually it goes away. For Craig, it, it it's always been. It's for a lot of people, but for Craig, it was like, all right, I'm the best. Um, I, I'm not challenged anymore. No one is better than me, and it's just boring. And there's nobody that's challenging me, so I'm, I'm going to leave. And he did. And I felt like that was kind of what you did at the same time. but Because you'd come in and make a return and just dick stomp like the top player that was there. I think one time it was me. <laughs> we played a 1v1 on PP. I remember. I don't remember the specifics. I remember it was yellow. I was yellow. You were green. You charged. Tor- I charged tornadoes early on, like I usually do. Um, you did not, and you charged earthquake. And then eight minutes later, you were in my base firestorming because I had spammed all my tornado mana on your towers, and you just kept rebuilding. And then you and were then like, you were "Game!" Like- and then you quit, and you didn't come back for another year. <laughs> yeah, I've done. I think I actually remember that game a little bit. Uh, yeah, like I said, bits and pieces. I don't remember the the gist of it all. I just remember those 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 small things there. So many like there was no streaming back then, was there? Couldn't you imagine how it might have been if we had streaming back then? Yeah, um, that, that is a question I had for Myth. Myth, do you think that if we had all of the features of this matchmaker that we have right now, the levels, the eight players, do you do you think that we could have been something a little different? Like this community could have thrived, grown. We'd have like you know double the number of people in here right now. So, um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, there's so many good features now, and it's wonderful that we've got 48 people playing on a Sunday um, right now. It's great, but it's just frustrating to me that we had so much opportunity to get all this done back in 2007, 2008. But there's two things I want to track back to there. The fact that you said Hugo lost the bug, but he's also got the uh, unfortunate... Uh... Well, he's just unfortunate to live in Brazil, which means he, he doesn't have the option to play with local players. He gets 300 ping, which is something that you were saying, Myth, you were 
there's it used to be players from all over the world back there. Now it's just it's yeah. new time is prime time essentially. Um, and I was curious, Myth, you asked us well, what what we think about the meta. But what do you think about the current meta? Uh, I don't know if I played it enough to be really fair about it. One, two things I've noticed is map size is is drastically decreased. Uh, we have smaller bases now, yep. and there's like this wood mini game. Some people mm -hmm. really enjoy. I think there's so many other things to micromanage in the game that wood is not one that I. I don't. I don't mind if it's a strategic resource, right? Like on craters, you go down to the islands, you get extra. But I hate how every map plays that way now. It's just yeah. kind of boring. Um, I don't mind some maps play that way, but I don't want every map to play that. way. It's also where you have sort of positioned next to your ally, and there's like one route to attack the opposing team. There's no like, there's no like different routes to take anymore. Yeah, yeah. The back door and side door would be impossible. Mm -hmm. I partially like that because it's more of a team focus now. Like I hated before how it was all these little one v one v one v ones, right? Like, and that's where it led oh, to yeah. that toxicity of like, don't don't attack. I'm one v one. So and so. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember craters those, was yeah. That, that was that was always craters, wasn't it? Like yellow and blue versus green and red. Uh, no, sorry, yellow yellow and green versus red and blue. And you were expected, like there was this unspoken agreement where if you killed your opponent, good job, yay, 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 but you can't finish off the other player unless your ally starts dying. You have to sit there. <laughs> it was just weird. It was yeah. weird. I Like everyone, like we're all guilty of it, right? Like yeah. that was go and we want to prove that we can beat so-and-so mm -hmm. and have witnesses. We didn't have streaming back then, so you needed someone to witness it. Yeah, you needed street cred. That's right. Yeah, that's true. It was never fair, though. One, 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 one side of the team would get the five stones stonehead, and the other side, you're like, well, let me beat him on V1, but really you've taken an extra three five storms against him to win. True. So that's kind of where I like these new team maps. Um, but yeah, I also agree that like there's some variety would be good just in general for the game. Definitely. So, sometimes that, uh, Four Walls has been really popular lately, and I think it's a solid map, but again, it's like all I've been really playing. It can be good. I mean, maps like that can be good, but it's just all you play over and over and over. Yeah. It's just it, nothing. It's always the same. There's no different outcomes. It's not like where you're playing Dead Sea, where yeah, anything sea. can happen on Dead Sea. It's just an insane map, but a lot of people are just put off by it because there's just so much to do. Yeah, but and that's the thing, though. There's a lot of micromanaging, but it's not wood. You got plenty of freaking wood. It's just micromanaging a bunch of different troops. Mm -hmm. watching your base like and i love dead sea and i wish it gets played more but people i don't know people people don't like attacking right away now people like sitting in their base and they like dismantling for like 30 minutes and it's just like like that that level four way i enjoy it too like i like sitting in my base dismantling the like 80 pop and then getting started but you know what like i was like instead of the dismantling why don't we just have everybody start with like you know an extra yeah. 20 pop and then you don't have to worry about that bullshit. Yep. Like, like, because if you, here's the thing: if everybody starts with extra pop on certain maps, like if face off, if everybody started instead of with six braves on face off, you started with, I don't know, twelve, right? Uh, PP starts with nine, and PP is always so fast and aggressive. I feel like if face off started with twelve, and you had the ability to be more aggressive early on, you'd be in, you'd be punished for dismantling instead of being rewarded. I feel like it's a wildman count. 
a PP's got a lot of wildmen, you can get the game going really quick. Whereas face off, there's yeah. a few wildmen, then you've still got to, people still sit back and dismantle, waiting to get a decent population. And just you do all this rushing for the middle, and then people just sit in the bases before they even contest the middle, which sort of defeats the purpose of the map a little bit. I know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And I think that's the meta that's kind of just been spoiled, but people somehow, don't like, some um, way we got. Sorry, pe- people don't like their shaman not being as important units like a Dead Sea. Because on Dead Sea, your shaman isn't as important as it is on other levels. Well, I think that's why uh, preachers got turned off. Because you get, a, you get a preacher in the back of someone's base, even just one will devastate a, a base. You get a warrior back there, it's going to die. Like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So it's That's taken a... off troops being deadly and put it more on the shaman, which I again don't really like. Like I, I miss well, troops. Well, being... The thing with preachers is it also deters the whole like okay, I'm behind by fifty population. Maybe I can still get in this, but no, I can't because I got fifty warriors coming at me, and there's nothing I can do against it. I haven't got preachers to defend. No I'm counter. Gonna get, I'm going to get overrun. Simple as that. It's not even just that. It's, the, it's that lame ass strategy that people do now. Like on pressure point, like people literally will make thirty warriors. They'll send them to the middle, wait for your shaman to die, and then they'll send them in. Or sure. you'll kill their shaman. They'll run their their warriors from the middle and go back to the other side of the thing, and then they'll try to attack you with the warriors on the other side. And a preacher would just instantly solve that dilemma. Like, okay, yeah, whatever. Have have fifty. Uh, fifty warriors. I'll make ten preachers, and I'll take a bunch of them. Yeah, they they would just have to have some preachers in there, in there, with, with, included with their warriors, and have to manage them a little bit better rather than just send them in aimlessly and let them just do the thing. I remember when they started turning preachers off. I was playing during that, and it started at the bottom. It started with noobs, and then they got a little better, and they were like warrior-ish rank, preacher rank. They yeah. got ladders, and they just instituted it as just the meta. That is exactly how I think it happened here with preachers. Um, there, we played with them back in 2006 and 2007. But um, the people that ended up leaving, the people that ended up leaving, um, obviously no longer had any say in the restrictions. And people who used to get beat because of preachers would turn them off, and they started becoming the best players in the lobby. And you know, now the the best players in the lobby have no idea what it's like to play against preachers. Half of them would lose. Half of them would lose. I think that might be why, too, I struggle with this meta because I'm so used to them. Like, I yep. fuck without them. You played with us yesterday, and I always put them on as host, generally. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, I think after this tournament is over, I want to start maybe looking into doing that, um, you know, like putting preachers on and in in my games um, and see how people respond because it really isn't that backbreaking of a of a of a, a unit. Like there's counterplay to that too. Like they can't, they have very low health. They can't just go into the base. And... Towers, there's so many counters. Just fire warriors outranging them. It's just that yep. people don't want to have to sacrifice mana generation for spells to actually train additional troops and, and get less yep. mana over time because they've got train followers. People enjoy casting shit, don't they? Circles back to just how powerful the shaman's gotten. Like, the shaman yeah. is the game decider now. It used to be, like, almost kind of even. Like, you could be more troop-focused and actually wreck someone's base. Yeah. Yeah. I think it still kind is kind of, kind of that be. way. Yeah, like on PP, if somebody goes to double the enemy, um, if you've got 30 warriors, um, you can break their base and, and get in and do just as much damage as they do to the enemy, to the ally that they're doubling against you. But it's just nothing compared to what you could do if you had a couple ghost armies and warriors and preachers and then send in a couple fire warriors too. Like it's just, there's so much versatility that preachers offer and 
them being turned off, I think, is a really big detriment to the community. Well, I mean, sure. Face Off is a great example of the preachers being turned off because as soon as you lose control of the hill, attempt to side down on your enemies, both teams will just flood your base with warriors. Two tribes of warriors coming in, and there's, you can't clear it by that. You're just one tribe, and you haven't got all your. Yeah, yeah I think you can do. The only counter towards warriors is the preacher, and they turn off. Fire warriors can't do anything against them. They used to, back when we used to press the uh, few keys on our keyboard to make them avoid damage, but can't do that anymore. What was that like, uh, Myth, back in the day? Did you have um, the, the tricks you do use where you could prevent combat? That was the only way I could play uh, the current meta. Like I, At least I had that to fall back onto. Now I don't. I, I know. I saw that you was, do it, yeah. and I saw you do it on our match, and I didn't say anything, but uh, I was like... Well, that was... Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I came back a few years ago, and I started doing stuff like that, and getting your shaman to avoid taking damage by casting out of range and stuff, but all of that's now disabled in the beta, 1.5. It's now disabled outright. You can't even turn it on as an option. But all the glitches remain as options, which sort of like, you know, who, who draws the line in? Uh, this is going to be crazy, but I think dismantling should be turned off. I think it's a, not an intended design by the developers. I think it really I is. Agree. The only the only thing I have about that is um, you'd either have to stop new puts from producing a brave, otherwise people will dismantle the entire build and then just rebuild it to get an extra man. Yeah, I don't know. Well, if they want to do that, God bless them. Like, whatever. I don't. I. I like if they want to. If they want to spend the time dismantling the entire hut to get another brave, doesn't take that long. Two men do it easily, and the the foundation's already set. The woods already there. You build a strip back up. It's only going to take a bit longer. They'd have to change the dynamic of the game, I think. Which you know, I'd be happy to see if it would encourage people to fill in their huts more rather than just dismantling it with one man, and that would slow the game down. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but the, the biggest count, countering of dismantling is larger bases, right? Like, you just don't need to, to do it mm. if you can grow big enough. Yeah. But that's the problem with these new maps that people are making nowadays is that they'll literally make big maps with, like, little trees because it's, like, the meta now to, like, to conserve your wood. And, you know, I, I do enjoy the strategy behind chopping wood and harvesting. Like, back in EA, craters, like, that you had to chop your wood in order to be able to survive the late game. And but you know now it's like like if you don't chop your wood at all in certain maps you're f just fucked. Woo! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, like I don't think every map should be that, right? Like I don't mind craters I or maps. Yeah, it was like that. It was like if you if you if you if the horse had lined up craters, you knew what you're getting yourself into. You you're gonna have to pay attention to your wood. You're gonna have to uh, you know. Just play more carefully. You can't just be like PP and just smack this base up and then just go to town the enemy. You've got to pay a bit more attention to your base build. Yeah. And I think these smaller maps also favor less skilled players, right? Like they don't, because you grow exponentially. Yes. So the bigger, the quicker you are, you're going to grow at an exponential rate with your huts. But if it, you're constrained by your size, it's going to favor. You literally can only peak just like the other players. Yeah, that that's what that's why people love Cess so much, man. That's why they love it. Like, and where, did you watch the tournament game today at all? I could spare you the details, but it was literally mm -hmm. just we casted an earthquake on their team first. Our strategy worked out well. We tried to cut the land so that we'd get an advantage. Our land cut like a little tiny sliver, so they yeah, it, it cut a little tiny sliver. So we did cut them off, but one flatten was going to connect them back and. They cast one, and it literally cut 
an entire ally off. So blue literally could not connect to the middle and fight with his with our ally. So they ended up getting doubled. Why was the decision made to play that map as part of a tournament? There's even an updated version of the map that is, you know, actually called Cesonia Palace, not Nubernia Palace. It's actually an updated map. It's it, it's a, it's still crap because the map concept is terrible. But if you do get cut off on one side, you think you still connect to the ally through the back. Yes, yeah, totally unfair. I I don't know. Um, I I think that uh, a lot of people mentioned that today after they watched the game. Like, I think sometimes it takes like a high profile thing like this tournament, like to watch to have people watch a game and be like, "This is." You're literally charging earthquake just to cut the land off. I mean, at what point do you realize this is this is absolute nonsense? This is not how popular this was supposed to be played. I don't think. Mm-mm. And you, you, you can't fix it without. Because Lambridge has turned off. It's like, why didn't the horse just turn Lambridge on then? I, know. I mean, if you're going to do that, fine. That would change the dynamic a bit, wouldn't it? I think yeah, the map would be Lambridge. with just Lambridge stoneheads in your base that are Lambr- leave Lambridge off, but it slow charge rate in your own base. Yep. Fix the map. It's weird. And, and then, like, you know, the fun part is when you get to, like, the late game where to expand you have to charge flattens oh, and you have to cast it on the back of the land and if you cast it wrong you sink your land then you screw yourself even more just it's just a stupid stupid map i think that maps uh being played so heavily has also had a detriment to the growth of the community thankfully i don't yeah, think it's sure. as bad now as it was a few years ago but it was no, really bad it's not being played as much anymore now for sure but it was definitely played too much like to the point where i just, I, I literally didn't want to play Populous. It's literally all people would, you'd log in, that's, you'd, all you would see people hosting, especially the lower ranks, that's all they would play. Well, because they'd have the chance to beat you guys. Yeah, no, that's, it, that's, there's definitely that underdog feeling for playing that kind of map, for sure. I mean, it's luck, isn't but, it? Your shaman might go in the water, uh, the, your path might get sunk, it's all mites and maybes, it's just a complete RNG-related map. That's exactly what I just said today at the tournament. Like, it, like, the enemy team cast an earthquake twice, and it sunk both our training huts on both of our teams. Like, <laughs> and then the the one that they did cut off our ally. Ours just cut a sliver, but kept them connected. Well, that's the other thing about the map. The land is so shallow that an earthquake just literally devastates your land completely. And I'm using literally here because it is literally devastating. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't use literally, Muskeith. Literally, um, a lot. That map, if it's going to be in the tournament, which I think it has no right being, it needs I to be agree. best two out. Of, it needs to be best two out of three with something so luck based. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But uh, that will be taken into account for sure going forward because I think a lot of people realize that this that was a shitty map to pick for a tournament. I think they thought it was good in premise, and I think their their reasoning behind it was, oh, everybody plays this nowadays, so maybe we should put it in there because it's one of those most played maps, but. It's got no right to be any sort of competitive tournament. Agreed. <laughs> as as that. Well, that's why that's that's the thing too. That's why we threw our shittiest uh, team members on it because well, we didn't polite. care. Hope you cut that well, up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 like um, they they are actually not our crappiest players. Well, actually, no, they probably <laughs> great were, use probably of terminology were. here. You could say lesser experienced, lesser skilled, or crappy and shittiest. Craig, I'm 32 years old now. I don't have time to, to pussyfoot around these words and be kind to people's feelings. At least skilled, maybe, is a little nicer. I don't know. Yeah, all right. All right, guys. Okay. 
the the lesser skilled people on our team were put on Cess because we knew we were going to lose that map because they put they put Bianca who plays it nonstop who doesn't like it but gets stuck playing it because all the noobs play it and then Marcus who played it with Matt and all the Discord people before Matt got banned. I mean, they played it every night, like three times a night. Like it was ridiculous. So I remember Matt he got banned. Yeah, Finally. he did. Yeah. He, yeah. He that's was a, that's really, a, that's, really yeah. toxic to be. He honest. was discussed in the previous podcast. He was essentially banned because he was beginning to stalk people in uh, in real life and stuff. I wanted to ask Myth. You've played a few games since you come back. What maps have you played, and what maps have you missed? Uh, I've played Pressure Point twice. I've played a thousand of those four wall games. Uh, and I, I like the map. I. I get frustrated with the pathing in the map. I know it's intentional, but like I like to be able to support my ally, and I hate how like yeah, it's the initial yeah the slope thing. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah, so it kind yeah. of pushes you into charging Lambridge and fixing it. It would be um, nice if there was just a little thing right around the the edge there, like a little U. Yeah, and it is a small map, which you know I kind of don't always love, um, but it, it's a good map. I, I enjoy it. I'm trying to think what else I've been playing. I guess I could look at my match history, huh? <laughs> you played Hollow Fields with me, that one map with the uh, trees, the micromanagement of trees. Yeah, that too bad. Have you played, uh, let's see, uh, four-way? It's in the same four walls pop uh, map pack, isn't it? Yeah, very popular. You played Face? Have you played Face Off at all yet, Myth? I uh, don't. Think so. I wouldn't recommend it. It used to be fun back in the day, didn't it? Face off. Yeah. Yeah, I I like face off for how fast paced it is, but I hated how unbalanced it was. Like it, yeah, it yeah. always always irked me, and that's why I tried to tried to fix it. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, people people play, play people play your map a lot. Um kid, uh this like really um Scottish Populous player. Um, he <laughs> really he Scottish. Brought, yeah, just, he, like, like to be fair, that's his only positive have... characteristic about him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he came back uh, about a year ago, or maybe maybe less than that. But he played nonstop every day, and every time he hosted Face Off, he would play your map. So now that map is being played a lot for people who don't want to play Blue the way that Blue was designed on on there. But do you remember? Do you remember Rhesus Monkey? Yeah, I realized we were we were kind of dicks to people on Face Off. Like we land bridged Rhesus Monkey's hills all the time. Yeah, but like, he, he was blue. He knew that was coming, so his first move as blue was to flatten his hills with Landbridge. This is two thousand four, two thousand five. That was his first thing. I'm I, he loved that map. It's all he ever hosted. He was the number one ranked shaman because he had the most points for a long time. And all he would do is he would charge Landbridge at the start and just flatten his hills because he knew he was going to get Landbridge over. You played a lot of Face Off too late at night. But you guys might have missed that. Yeah, I, the Face Off actually became really popular, um, and they put Convert back on because um, the God Clan started doing towers on the hill. Like some hardware figured out that if you put—I mean, this is obvious to most of us—but hardware figured out if you put a tower plan right on trees, that they would build almost instantly compared to if you stuck them not next to a tree, and they'd have to. I don't know, whatever. But 
God figured that out, so they decided that their strategy was going to be build six towers on the hill apiece and on the trees immediately, and then just swarm the the the, the hill with fire warriors and immediately win the game because they could double whoever they wanted out. And that kind of really ruined face-off for a lot of people because it was really hard to counter. You can't. Well, that's that's the gist of face-off in general now. Lose the hill, lost the game. There's no, yeah. there's no way coming out of it. There's really not. You, the hill's got so many, so much land. You can build tons of huts on there. You can, you've got all the additional wood for your base to upgrade. You've you've got roots into everyone's base. And if the enemy wants to get it back from you, they have to expel tons of mana just to do that. Or they side door and then get doubled. So really, it's it's not a, a balanced map, like they said. I'm working on a new face-off style-esque map. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. I got to play test it. And I got some feedback, so I'm kind of working it a little bit. I think I saw it. I I, I liked it. You is it the one you sent to me? Yeah, I got feedback That's that it was too big, and I think it was. Um, it's kind of hard to tell perspectives in the editor. It's like I don't know. I haven't right. struggled with it. Um, but yeah, I've been working on it for like three days now. Like I think I've put like I don't know twenty four plus hours into this so far. Holy shit! I mean, hoping. Yeah, I just need to get the newer versions out there. And I have an eight-player version of it. So, Sub, you can do it, hopefully, on your streams. Well, should we cut to a break, Keith, and then go to final whatever? I'd say say so. So, uh, Populous Podcast Season 2, Episode 2. We'll be right back. Populous Podcast. Welcome back to the Populous Popcast. Welcome back to the Populous Podcast. I'm your host, Keith52, co-host Sub-Zero, right next to me. I'm pointing the wrong way, but I'll edit it to make it look right. So, um, yeah. Anyway, we got we got Myth here. Uh, Myth is uh, the King DBM. He was one of the top players back in EA times. He uh, started back in 1998-99, back when the game first launched in multiplayer. And for those of you who missed it or just wanted to recap, we we basically talked about how EA was a really interesting time. A lot of potential, a lot of new players learning how to play the game. The meta's changed a lot since then. Um, It's nothing like it is now, but um, the the matchmaker and the ability for us to um, bring people into the community now is so much stronger than it ever was. So we've kind of we've kind of entered this era where populace is on the up and. Populous has had a history where it goes up and down, up and down, up and down, and then really, really, really down. Um, at this point now, I think we're, at an, we're on an up, and I think the potential for it to keep going up is there. Um, we've got a lot of really good things. So, you know, I just wanted to kind of close out and, you know, say, Myth, what brought you back uh, just a couple weeks ago? Like, I mean, you know, you you were gone for years, and I'm talking years at this point, and you just came back in, and you you were just checking in. How what what did it? Uh, I've always kind of loved the community, and I kind of popped in on the forums, and I saw some like doomsday posts about how Pop's dying, and I'm like, man, I I should get in on this and at least play a couple games before it peters out completely. <laughs> um, but then I come on, and there's a ton of people on here. Uh, so I think, I think I missed it. I, I heard it was a lot worse. It was, um, it was really bad. It was really, yeah, bad. I'm actually really happy it's doing so good. And I'm, um, really glad that it's getting the support it's getting. Like, uh, 
you know, Inca and some of the developers and names I probably don't know, but I think like people forget that they're doing this on their spare time and they probably work and have regular jobs and they're, you know, supporting the game. Of families. I think that's really cool and really positive. And uh, I feel like people get kind of frustrated with them. Like, why isn't beta out sooner or this fixed or this or that? But like, you know, they're doing it on their free time. Like, I don't know. I, I think that's really cool. So, Myth, uh, do you think you'll stick around for a while? Uh, if not, what would you like to see that would make you stick around for a while? Uh, I don't. I plan to be around for at least a couple more weeks. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I really, uh, this kind of contradicts what I just said, but I really want to see the beta integrated as just the main game. Uh, we talked about this on the last podcast episode. We're fully agreeing with you. There's a couple bugs, as we've seen, but I want the pathing and the wood finding and stuff to be fixed. But I really think it'd be healthy for the game. Um, like I've had a lot of issues just trying to get back into it with the game crashing. Like if I'm not running beta, like it bugs out. Like I've had to reinstall Populous like four times now. Like I don't know why I have to keep doing it for non-beta. <clears throat> I was going to say, um, they were discussing making it as a version 1.5. It's kind of like the default, I suppose. And then you would see players in the huts, either with, you'd see people hosting 1.03, which is what uh, the original game is. Uh, it would have the version number next to it. But then you could host and see, oh, there's a 1.5. So that's the, the more improved version. I think we'll play that. Then people will know there is a better version there to play. Hey, we were talking about how beta is kind of a turnoff word, like old. Makes you feel like old. Beta. It fits right now because it has bugs. Um, <clears throat> but I think I'd go one step further and not even give players the choice. I, I really worry that you fractured the community that's already small in half. And like as is right now, no one wants to play beta. Like if I host it, I get like a thousand PMs. Like change it to regular and I'll play. Yep, that actually was what we had to do the other night to get you to play, and then we never ended up playing it anyway. I think, but. It is frustrating because, you know, beta is so much better. It really is. Um, there's just so many benefits, like spells cast, object overload. The game doesn't lag when you have hundreds of objects. I remember, like, really intense PP games, like, back in the day. Like, my, my, I would start skating near the end of the game because, like, there's too many objects, and my mouse was like, uh, like, I couldn't move it that well. And I would, like, lose Shaman Duels because of it. But beta doesn't, doesn't do that like i just um I, I do agree with you on the forcing thing i talked about that in the last podcast and uh inca and brandon were kind of like oh i don't want to force people but some I, you know you think of any other game league of legends um you know they they have patches every single like couple of months sometimes even like every two weeks and they will patch things and fix them and people can't be like well you know i'm gonna stick with the old one and you guys can play on that. Like they're like, no, you you play this or you don't. And I guess the difference with them is they can afford to because they've got millions of players. And so even if like a million leave, like they still have another million, <laughs> like more than more than two million. But it is tough because with populace, you've got stubborn people who you got weed who used to play religiously, and then he decided he wasn't going to play anymore because the the matchmaker was filled with too many gay people. Which that that <laughs> no no loss there. No loss there, but it's just so weird how some people literally won't play over certain things, and 
my point to that whole the whole reason I use that example is because we didn't just hate gay people. He literally hated playing games where he would lose and he always wanted to ally the best players and he became so toxic that people didn't want to ally him anymore so he just doesn't play anymore so we've got we've got people like that that were like top players like weed was one of the top players in the lobby um and it was really frustrating because these people were so toxic and they're 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 like the respected members of the community so i think we're in a good state right now because We've got people like Lavengi, right, Craig? Like Lavengi's in the lobby a lot, and he is not the best player. And he's he he admits it himself. He says he's not great at the game, but what he does bring to the community is respect and maturity. And there's a lot of mature people in the lobby right now compared to before. And so the atmosphere is so much different when it comes to that. Instead of having to sit there and be like, "Well, your mom's a whore," or "Your mom's a your mom's a dick," and like you were just a mistake and you're a shithead. And that literally was the conversation even just like six months ago. Sounds like Lord Maul. Uh, there's always going to be those people in communities. Uh, they kind of weed yeah. themselves out, like you just said. So I don't know. Um, yeah, but, but back to the, the beta, I feel like um, people should really list their grievances with it. You know, like release a new version. All right, what, like, let's sit down. What do you guys really don't like about it? move on there like i i hate how it's so vague now like people don't even know why they don't like beta yeah did you notice that that one time we played yeah it's just like i just don't like it um just don't like change yeah and i hate fighting the game like i want the game to be about my skill and another player's skill and i don't want to feel like i'm deselecting because the game's a little laggy or my lightning's off because it's slowing down or like I hate like struggling with the game engine itself. Mm-hmm. It's definitely I, I don't play multiplayer one point not three anymore. I just don't subject myself to it when there's a better version of it. Yeah, but I don't play it that often. So when I do, I tend to stream and I get other people wanting to play the beta at that time. So I'm sort of privileged in that respect to play the beta. But it's true. In your position, I'd want, I'd want to play it. it. It must be tough trying to just play a game for fun for an hour, an hour or two a day, and you you have to play a lesser version of a game when there is the better one right there that people could play. Hard to get games, man. I don't know if you've just tried just playing a game during the day, but like no one wants to play it really. You can maybe get a couple people on like a six player or eight player. There might be one or two of those throughout the day, but but they they won't even do a two v two on it, which is it's it's odd, isn't it? Unless unless you can have more players, it's like there's no point playing the beta, which is is nonsense. And there are people right now trying to so I guess correct that. So there's a, I think there's a, a beta two v two tournament in the works. So that'd be good. yeah, that'd be pretty great. Yeah, for sure. I think that's well, really that, all that I want to see, though. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, but that's pretty much it. Would you like to see preachers back on? Yeah, absolutely, and just to, like changing up game modes in general. Just like turn on Fog of War once or Forge World or play with Hypno Magic <laughs> Shield. I don't yeah. care. Like. Mix it up, you know? Like, don't be afraid to lose with spells you're not comfortable with. Like, that's what's honestly going to make you better anyways. You know, you're yeah. going to be able to... Hypno would be one of those spells I'd like to see turned on for a trial period run because, you know, it's not overpowered. I mean, if here's the thing. If somebody rushes... If you charge a Hypno on PP early and somebody tries to rush you with six warriors and you hypnotize them, there you go. You've just, you've just spent a very small amount of mana defending one... Sp- one really big attack that could have hurt you and 
you can also do it when you're attacking. Like if somebody's sending fire warriors at you, you can take them. Like yeah, the argument I heard against hypnotize was that if someone hypnotizes someone else's hypnotizes back, and you just wasting time by casting spells. But really, that's nonsense. It's just you're opening up different strategies. It's different routes to take. Maybe you don't want to charge hypnotize. Maybe you want to charge tornado instead. You know, people. It's having more choice doesn't mean that it's going. To, it's, people aren't going to be pigeonholed into one route. I think there's something to be said about maybe balancing some of these spells, and that's a whole other discussion to be had. But like, yeah. I don't know if their mana costs and their values are really justified. Like, I think Angel of Death should cost way more. I don't think it should be spammable. But I'd love to see it back into play. You know, I don't even think it's that good. I think it probably is, is fine because it's it's useless. You get some ghosts out. And it just it just stands there and does bugger all. I don't think it's as good as it can be. But again, that's map dependent. Like. Maybe change how it prioritizes shamans, because that's kind of frustrating. I guess. It does love shamans, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I'm really worried about uh, hotkeys for spells. I will say that. If that becomes a thing, I don't know if I will play again. Um, oh, God. Well, it was nice knowing you, Myth. As soon as hotkeys, <laughs> I'm very... Uh, I thought you wanted hotkeys, Myth. Uh, I think those little moments where you pause to select a spell is that important vulnerability that you open yourself up to. And I think without that, just being able to move constantly and just hit a button and shoot, I think you're going to get longer, campier games. You've still got to go to your spell panel to charge things, though. You can't just do everything from your case. You're in a shaman well, that's the thing You technically could. Focus. That's what Brandon was saying. They could do all that. Ah, you have got a keyboard the size of uh, your desk to do that, though. That's what they want to do, though. And uh, again, also new players. I think, like, if you're new to this game, you're like, hey, bud, you got to buy in like 20, 20 keys. Or even your yeah. top 10. Like, I think that's hard to get into. Well, I've had, I've had more people asking me how you play with hockeys and how, when are the hockeys to spells. And I've had people say, you know, don't want them. Well, I suppose. Bad comparison there. People don't say they don't want them if they're not there. I don't. I don't see why it's a, a negative if it's just it's allowing you to do something more easily. What's like the dismantling glitch? Was that King? You could have shamans harder to kill because you're not pause. Like the moment you're like moving your mouse to the side to select a spell and then back again, that's a microsecond that you're vulnerable, potentially. Right? You can either aim shot or possibly, but you tend to you tend to move your shaman before you select your spell anyway. Yeah, but then you're moving in a straight line or a diagonal, and you can get aim killed. But if you're just constantly moving around, you don't have to worry. Like you can focus on moving your shaman a lot more with hotkeys, which I think is a good thing. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I'm I'm all for key bindings for Wazda and stuff like that and scatter. Like I hate hate having to drag my keyboard over to the side every time I play. Oh no, I, I have WS and D used, but uh, I would like a hotkey for me shaman stuff like that. We'll see how it goes, I guess. I mean, I could be totally wrong, and it could be fine. I think that's the thing. I'll be curious to see how it is. I'll definitely be testing it. I'll definitely be coming up with some some of my own personalized keybinds. I guess the big thing is just like the thing that I that I'd like to stress is just we need to we need to put these things into action, and we have to force things in order for people to try them because otherwise they won't try them. And if they're not good, then we can revert. But you know, like the beta, like we found out, like. Myth was talking about how the beta, you know, I don't really see much of a difference. Then we played, and he noticed the pathfinding was a little fucked. There was wood issues, um, like gathering wood. So 
the thing is, though, we re- I reported the bug. I paused the game. I reported the bug. And then now they have something that they can see that is tangible and say, oh, here's a problem with the beta. Here's a report that we got. And if people aren't playing the beta, then they're not going to know what's going on with beta. And if, if eight people are playing beta and eight people report the, um, the wood gathering thing instead of just one person saying it, and then they kind of like, oh, well, this is one person. I don't know. Many voices make uh, make change, you know, always has, always will. Um, that's why Seth got back into the game, because too many voices came out and said, no, this is stupid. We want it back to our shitty level. So that they put it back. But uh, I, I do don't know. I, think, think, I, think, I do think I'd like to see the people working on the game playing the game they're working on a little bit more. And I know that's like a big ask when they're already spending their free time working yeah. on the game. But like, how are you going to play test and know what you're implementing is good or not if you're not actually playing? It? Yeah. You know, and Brandon I mean? made a point about that. Just say, just play it, but behind like not through the match, but closed doors kind of thing. Yeah, he mentioned he mentioned he uh, he played. He he says it's hard to want to play after editing something and programming scripts for like four hours, which I get. Fair. I totally get that, um, and I appreciate him doing that. Um, but still, like you know. Maybe a game here or there, you know. I don't know. Take a take a break off for a day, <laughs> a match. Yeah. Do you find yourself? Do you find yourself getting sucked into the competitive scene, Myth? Like, 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 do you find yourself not getting sucked in because you're obviously not in it yet? But like, do you do you like have that itch that people get when they come back where they want to like try and prove themselves, or is that kind of gone out the window for you now? Like, I mean, I I've always had it, and that's why I always stay play because i always want to be competitive and that's what i enjoy about this game is is winning and playing competitive games so you know i'm a little bit different than craig who you know he he was the best he's he enjoys the game still he's he's got the itch again but it's not an itch like my itch to be the best or to be the second best because i'm never going to beat an easy animal but um like what keeps you here and what makes you uh think you know what makes you continue to want to play yeah, I definitely have a little bit of a competitive nature, but I think for me, I've kind of realized that like it's a fine line between being competitive and having a huge ego and getting like really toxic. So for me, I like try to like walk that line in a, in a way that I'm not because I've been there before. You know, right. I remember being a little shit. Um, I don't want to be that guy again. Um, so for me, it's just like just trying to have fun, honestly, at this point. Like, I just like competitive, fair games. Um, it's almost frustrating that people expect so much from me. I'm like, dude, I've played like 10 games. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I got, I got that when I started playing again. As if you can come back after not playing for 8, 10 years and suddenly play oh, exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. They said I <laughs> Sub was good. I thought Sub was good at the game. Yeah. That, that gets a little frustrating, uh, you know, and I, I get that people are excited and they, they want to play some games with me, but like just... And the other thing that frustrates me too is people will be like, oh, you need to do X, Y, Z. You need to be chopping wood. You need to be up in your huts. I'm like, I know I'm just slow. Like I, I know the things I need to do. I just can't do them. I'm not that quick. And that gets frustrating too. Yeah. I can relate. I relate to you, Damon. Yeah. I, I don't know what it has been, but um, just literally like I've, I've been, I've been struggling with the ranking system in terms of winning games consistently. I've like, I, I fluctuate between like 415 to 424 points wise. And I would just keep winning, losing. I'm all the way up to like 447 now. I don't know if it was signing up for the tournament and getting that competitive streak in me again, but I've been winning games nonstop recently on a bunch of different levels. And I'm, it's like 
that for me is fun. Like I'm excited about winning games and, and getting better at the game, even at 32. Cause I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm 32 and I'm still like doing really well. But I know everybody doesn't have that same feeling about the game. You know, you know what I don't see and what I used to really enjoy and really used to make me feel good about myself was playing one V ones and beating people one V one. I don't see any, if, if maybe one or two, but there's nothing compared to 2v2s. It's, it's all t- team games. Oh, I beat so-and-so and so-and-so, I'm this good. But you had an ally. It was a team game. I, I, you don't see anyone proving the metal 1v1, who is you know who is better at this map, who is better at that map. That was such a big thing back in the day. What Was that, was that the same for you, Myth? So I'm, I'm a weird outlier here, but I was always terrible at 1v1s. Like, I enjoy, enjoy the team aspect of the game more than anything. I like having... To support somebody and i like someone to be able to support me um that's where the fun is for me for me it's finding the perfect ally right finding that guy that fits your personality and knows right. what you need like that's fun um like i've played people that are really good and they're just bad allies right or they just are bad allies for you right like yep. it was somebody else but they just bc and i are terrible allies that were terrible um so that's the fun that i have is finding that perfect dream team that's unbeatable. Who was that for you back in the day? Uh, do you remember Colt? I played with him a lot. Yeah, I remember Colt. Yeah, Yeah, I liked he he played well. Um, I liked Alang Arnie. I I really miss that dude. Yep, I think he popped in a uh maybe a year or two ago. He popped back in. Called Red Rum. It was Red Rum. Yeah, yeah, I missed that guy. He's also just a nice guy. Um, you know, he's always been kind of humble and chill. He used to have some mountain, mountain length EP games with him and Chanaman and the like. Just great games back in 2004, 2005. Chanaman, he was, he was something, yeah. I played some good games with too, Keith. I, re- I remember doing some, some fun fuckery. I don't. I, I, I only remember certain games with you from now. Like I like I don't remember a lot like I, I remember a lot of games, right? Like I like we were just talking about Colt and I was like, I remember that Craters game where I was yellow and he was green and I was one V oneing him and I was so confident I was gonna win because I had like one forty pop and I kept looking at his shaman in the front, kept looking at his shaman in the front, next thing I know that was a ghost and he's in yeah. the back door. Backdoored me, destroyed my entire base and the one V one literally I'm dead. Like like I remember that game. I think I was in that game because I remember that. Yeah, I think I think we I think it was like an ego thing. I think it was me being like I'm better, I'm the best now, or something, or I'm 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 better. And Colt was just like he came back and he was like, yeah, I don't think so. And then he just destroyed. That's so. uh, that's like that, that strategy that I was talking about, though. That people, yeah. like, I don't see a lot of that anymore. People like, don't make ghost shamans anymore, Craig. Oh, I make ghost shamans all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but you've mentioned that. Like, people don't do that kind of stuff, Myth. They don't make ghost shamans when they're attacking. Hydra troops and uh and huts like that used to be a really solid strategy backdoor with yeah. the troops that's a huge yeah. one yeah that stuff i used to make ghost shamans every time i spawned i die spawn just have another one at the ready just to just confuse people you have ghost shamans all around there people never know 100 percent. you can also use it on pp really well by pushing mid or the side they don't know which way to go yep if yep. you have control yep. mid Get someone to waste four lightnings on your gold shame, and there's not many bad feelings in that. Oh, it's right. so satisfying. Yeah, I yeah, I miss a lot of that strategy. Uh, 
I miss Dead Sea. Yeah, me too. Me too. We could play it. We'll play it sometime. We'll play it. I don't think I'll be able to play it well, but we'll play it. <laughs> I used to love it. I used to love people who had like high pings back in the day. Used to love it as well because you didn't. It wasn't as detrimental to have a high high ping, a bit of a delay. That's another issue I'm struggling with is all these European players. Like my ping is always close to 200, and I feel like if I if Keith hosts, I'm like, oh shit, this is like a new game. This is like a whole other game. Is this what so, it's like? Yeah, hundred ping. This is amazing. So where were you? Where you at in America? Sorry. Oh, what? Just ah, uh, okay. California, the furthest away. Uh, so that's another game I do not want to play, to be honest, and it sucks. But it's a, it's a, it's a reason. Oh uh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense too. I didn't even think about that. This is where them dedicated servers would be handy. You know, like a, like an East Coast server would be good. Yeah. That would be Cosmic. cool. I don't know how they would do it, but that would be cool. I mean, like I said, me, Keith, and Hugo generally play games. We're, we're fairly equally skilled, all three of us, and Hugo plays in 300 ping pretty much all the time. Um, you know, he doesn't like it, but he's still, a, a, you've got to give him some respect for it. He's a good player. Always seems to beat us most of the time, to be fair. You know, what, you know what's funny? Is that when you were in Argentina and he had the best ping that he's ever had because you were in Argentina, that was when worse, he really enjoyed playing. <laughs> no, no, he was when he really enjoyed playing with us. That That's was true. uh that was yeah. when he had like what forty ping or seventy ping or something. Seventy. It's seventy yeah. ping. It's a, big deal. it's a big deal. Yeah, you really notice it. And I'm just not good at playing like some people like that's how they've always played, right? Like they have bad internet, like mm-hmm. used to it, but I'm just not. Like I used to host a lot. I used to play with like US players, like it, it's hard getting into it with that. Yeah, there's not as many. Yeah. Kind of a shitty I'm blessed being on the East Coast, but I can't. I, I forgot about that fact because if, if you're on the West Coast and you're playing with the Japanese people, you actually get good ping if they host, right. and then they get one ping. Yep. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So, uh, yeah, Keith's kids as a host so wouldn't be too bad, I suppose. Us, what do I give you, Keith? 120? Something like that, maybe? Yeah, on the, on the East Coast, I'm super blessed because I get good ping from pretty much anywhere in the world. Like, everywhere is pretty great. Um, so I like being right where I am. I, that's why I've always played Populous, I think. I've never had to be burdened with 200-plus uh, ping usually ever. So there's a lot of people that really could be better players if they had less ping, and it'd be more enjoyable for them. So, Well, that's an attempt to play in Argentina outside of Friday Free Fall. 300 ping was just insane. Well, I don't well, know not, if yeah, Colt. He he was notorious for having like 350 plus pain. Yeah, that was what made him so great. That's why people thought he was a legend. Because honestly, try winning on 350 ping all the time. He did. I remember he would. He finally got the ability to host, and he did, and he just decimated people. He was he was one of the top players at one point. Um, Yeah, he he was good. Has he ever come back? Yeah, has he has he ever come back? Or I think once once. But it was like I remember playing him. I remember playing on Pressure Point. I don't know why this one rings a bell, but I remember he used to patrol like three firearms on his shame all the time or something like that. That might be a new myth, actually. I don't know. More methodical, campier player, and he loved a backdoor. Um, but yes, he when, did. He attacked, when he attacked, you felt it, right? Like it was very thought out. It wasn't just like some earthquakes at the front of your base and you fix it or whatever. 
It was who said that uh, he they never leave their base unless Josh Yeam is dead. Was that Tsunama or was that Red someone or something? Bread fan? Oh, yes. Bread fan. He was a cool guy too. He would sit in his base and say, you literally say, I am not leaving unless your Sherman's dead. Like, he was that kind of player. Yeah, I mean, that's a strategy. Um, I hate it, but it, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing wrong with it, I, I don't think. I feel like... A lot of the new era players hate camping. Like, they hate campers and they hate camping and they literally, like, they, they like bully you into trying to not camp. Like, I played a game of uh, PP yesterday, uh, like a week ago, and I had to camp because I was at like 60 pop because I got doubled. And so I camped my way back up to 150, and like Spyro got super pissed off about it. Like he's like, all he does is camp. Like that's all he does. Like just camps. And I'm like, what? What do you? What do you expect? It's a. It's a strategy. Like 60 pop. Like I got doubled. I. I what do you want me to do? Attack with an earthquake? Like against your 180 pop? Both people need to utilize troops more and hit more than one point. Like, you should always be hitting two points at once if you can that are spaced out far enough that a shaman can't respond. Because that counters campers pretty hard. So I guess in closing, Myth, we've got a little bit of time left. Um, Have we? <laughs> well, I, yeah, we've got, we've got a little Half bit of time left. Half-hour podcast was the game. When we uh, when we come back, we're going to close out with Myth giving us uh, secret tips and um, anything that he can pass on to players if he's going to leave this populous community behind. Maybe he can give some people some tips and tricks. So we'll be right back for our final segment of the Populous Podcast. What's that? <laughs> I don't have any. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> shit, oh, shit. No, I, I don't know. I think I he's given them. I think it's just, you know, be more willing to explore different strategies and play different restrictions, I think. You become a better player for it, don't you? Yeah. yeah and he was um, playing losing games. Hey, don't be afraid to lose. Yeah, play a game that you know is maybe a little one-sided. It'll make you better. It'll make you better defending. It'll make, you know, you'll still lose it, but you'll you'll be better for it. There we go. Anything else? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like I was saying earlier too. Like uh, I always try to hit two points at once. Um, yeah, I'll always try to distract people, you know, troops up one side, shaman on the other, use go shamans, that kind of stuff. Like, really throw the enemy off any way you can through deception or you use strategy. Don't just follow the meta. You know what I mean? I think that I want to start doing ghost shamans now more so in this community because I got to tell you, people don't do it. And even Nisi doesn't do it. And um, I, th I think that's the one thing that I could like put into my gameplay that would make me you know be a little bit more unique because everybody's like robotic with their shit um you know everybody does use worldview now because nisi uses worldview um so like you know and and you don't have the mini map anymore where we could see everybody's shaman on the mini map so you know now if you're looking in worldview but you've got five different circles on the worldview of a of a shaman because there's five four ghosts and then one real one I think that could really make a difference in terms of like PP gameplay, even face off. Like every map can benefit from making a fake ghost shaman and really throwing somebody off. So I'm probably going to try to use that more because I think that that's something we got to bring back because this meta has seen like the death of ghost army as a strategy. I would I would say people just need to be willing to come out the comfort zones and you know play play Dead Sea. Yeah, <laughs> let's we'll play some Dead Sea. Let's play some different maps. Turn preachers back on, you know. All right, so tips and tricks. Don't be afraid 
hit two points at once, play Dead Sea, be willing to lose, and you know, be sea. humble in losing. Play Dead Sea. Did we say that one already? I don't think we did. I think we did. Oh, and play Dead Sea. Oh, and turn on preachers. Preachers are uh, preachers are not your enemy. They're your friend. They can really help you. Um, we got to make populace great again, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so that's it for the populist podcast. Um, Myth, want to thank you very much for uh, joining us today. Um, been a pleasure, and uh, maybe we'll have you on again sometime. But at this point, I was thinking it would have been good for an FAQ. The amount of things that. Maybe Peter might want to ask you, Myth, about you know the EA times. So if anyone listening or watching the podcast has any questions, put them in the in the in the comment section. I'm sure Myth might have a look at them and maybe give you some answers if he can. And this is a lot of fun, you guys. I actually really enjoyed this. So thanks for inviting me. Absolutely, my good sir. It was a lot of fun. We're just a bunch of fans of Populous, aren't we, Keith? Yeah, we are, aren't we? Here's <laughs> Myth. Thank you very much. Later, guys. Later, buddy. Populous podcast. on your feet, yeah. How do you think that went? I think it went pretty good. Um, I think it was a good guest. Great guest. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot of knowledge. Um, still, you know, I, I, I understand that in podcasts, you're supposed to let the guest talk, but I'm so excited when I hear him start talking about the history. I'm like, I want to say something about this. Yeah, I know. I do it all the time, and I got to work These podcasts on. Aren't, aren't long enough, even though we're going three times longer than we originally planned. I feel like we could just keep talking and keep talking and keep talking about populace. Um, and if you start including memes and stuff, we're going to be people are going to be listening for three hours long. I mean, that's why I was thinking next episode we just talk about some of the top players, like the personalities. No guests. Made them, no guests. Just us. Just us. Well, by the time we plan that, I mean, people won't have seen this video, so that might be what's coming up. It might be not what's coming up, because I don't know a lot of players, if I'm being honest with you. Leave a suggestion in the comments below for Craig and I. What do you want to see for the third podcast episode? You know what I would like to see? You know what I've got? What, what Craig? We could, if we are professional enough, and we can gather the courage to prepare good interview questions, do a bit of research, a bit of background, could invite Mark Knight onto the podcast and discuss his contribution to Bullfrog and him. He's he's the composer of the soundtrack and he is regularly on the Discord and does occasionally post on YouTube videos. I think even if it's just a thirty minute podcast with Mark Knight. Is that Knight, Mark who spams the chat? No, no, no. No. Mark the Dark Knight who created the popular soundtrack. Well, that would be a great interview. I'd be okay with that. But that would be something we'd have to be, you know, prepared for. Can't be talking about games with, like, random players and stuff. Got to talk about what his experience was a Bullfrog, what games he's made, yada, yada, yada. More professional. I don't know if we're that, that's standard yet, so I suppose we'll see how the reception of our podcast is before we uh, that's invite, right. invite high-profile guests. Because if we go from there, we could go for Stuart White, you know, the executive producer and stuff. That's right. We could we could always just mute the uh, the bejesus out of any swear words. That's the plan, anyway. With shame and sounds, shame and screams, please. Yes, please. definitely. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. Like I said, leave a leave a message in the comments below. Let us know what you think uh, about the podcast, how you thought it went, um, what you'd like to hear about from Myth, and uh, suggestions, of course, for Craig and I. Definitely want some suggestions here. 
Yeah, we 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 always want to know how to be better. Again, I'm already well aware. I'll stop talking so much. Got to listen. We are just fans of the game, um, and it's just it will be good. We we try to prepare for this. We've got some key point points, but once you get yeah. going, once you get into talking about things, you you end up losing losing track of certain things, and you get. We we enjoy the discussion. We don't know what it's like for you viewers and listeners. Yeah, we're hoping that you like it. We're hoping that you like it. So, anyway, uh, we'll see you next time uh, on the Populous Podcast. Thank you very much. Populous Podcast. Pop a bam on your feet, yeah. Populous Podcast. Pop a bam on your feet. Populous Podcast. You didn't know you needed. With your host, Keith52. And co-host Sub-Zero. The Populous Podcast. Popping up on your feet, yeah. Popping up on your feet. Fabulous Podcast. You didn't know you needed.